you think about it, a lot of spaces they are like a black box to their owners, right? They don't know the data inside the space, how the space has been used. So, for example, without the data, it's very hard for a landlord to make leasing decisions. Like next year, do you want to expand your office or do you want to reduce the expense in office leasing? Hi everyone! Welcome to another episode of Rise of the Next. Today I have Hongha Dan and Jiani Zen, who are co-founders of Butler. Butler is a people sensing platform that allows tracking of occupancy, space utilization, and movement within buildings. Hongha and Jiani tell us how they spun the idea out of MIT Media Lab in 2019, and how COVID lockdowns helped them shape the business. The two also share with us some of the challenges they face building Butler and how they plan on spending a twenty million dollars Series A round they recently raised. I do hope you enjoy the episode. Hong Hao, Johnny, welcome to Rise of the Next. It's so wonderful to have you on. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for the invitation. My absolute pleasure. I'd like to start by asking you to tell us about yourselves and Butler. I'll go first. I'm Hong Hao Dan, co-founder and CEO of Butler. Butler is this small sensor that is completely wireless, very power, privacy-friendly. It's an architectural sensor being put in thousands of them in the building, especially in senior care and also commercial real estate or hybrid work. I can go on and on when I talk about my product, so I go while well, delving into the self-intro a little bit. So I did my computation engineering. And also electrical engineering studied during my master's degree at Harvard. But like my background was in architecture, so you see the connection here, like sensors in building. <laughs> I'm Jenny Zen. I am a co-founder and chief product officer at Butler. So I met Honghao around five years ago at MIT Media Lab during a hackathon, and we did a bunch of a series of research projects together, and then started Butler. So Butler is a technology company that translates body heat to spatial data like people location, movement, and occupancy. And we help business understand how the space has been used. For example, offices, senior living, and etc. And how did you guys come up with the idea? Like Johnny mentioned, both of us did a lot of research in responsive built environment back back in the time when we were in MIT Media Lab. So it's really about the idea that users can interact with the environment, or environment understand users' need and like react to what exactly people want in the space. Because of for two thousand years, it's unlike other technology domain like the way people travel. We started from riding horses two thousand years ago, but right now we're on autonomous cars. But if you look at buildings, it's still a few pillars in the slab. It didn't change. It doesn't respond well. Covid is a great example. All of a sudden, people are not using the way like it's old way before. So we're really thinking on the right solution to be able to understand usage needs in the space and then do certain kind of automations, but definitely not using privacy intrusive camera. Nobody wants a future where camera is flying everywhere. On that note, how does Butler work? We translate body heat, like temperature data. To spatial data like people, location, movement, and occupancy, we are using a low-resolution thermal sensor to sense people's spatial data and translate them into insights to help business understand occupancy number, understand what's the spatial usage in their offices or senior living. In senior living, we can even do fall detection, so we can detect 
people's poses in the space, either they are lying down, they're standing or moving in the space. But there's two groundbreaking technology in our sensing solution. One is that using extremely limited data, low resolution, below 100 pixels, single channel, just body temperature here. And then translating to high definition output, like body posture, indoor location, occupancy number, in extremely high accuracy. Nobody else can achieve that before, not before our unique model that's taking not just low resolution, single frame data, but also applying other very advanced model on top of it. It is the low power framework. Nobody else on the market uh, is able to do that by having a wireless sensor out there with like, multiple years of battery life. And then for us, we achieved that. What problem does Butler solve? So if you think about it, a lot of spaces, they are like a black box to their owners, right? They don't know the data inside the space, how the space has been used. So for example, without the data, it's very hard for the landlord to make leasing decisions. Like next year, do you want to expand your office or do you want to reduce the expense in office leasing? This kind of decision. Also for hybrid working, if they don't know how the how their employees are working in the space, how the space has been used currently, they cannot make other decisions on how to improve them. So our solution comes in and provide those insights in those black boxes in real estate in different spaces like commercial real estate offices, public spaces, and senior living. So they have the data to do the analysis on and to make those decisions in the future. And previously, other competitors, they're using camera solutions or radar solutions, which is not privacy friendly or much more expensive than our solution. We are one of the most scalable solution in this market. So imagine those landlords who has 500K square feet buildings and a bunch of them. They need a scalable solution to deploy those sensors and devices in a big space. That's when Butler comes in and get the market share in this domain. I would say the primary two use cases are first in like commercial real estate, that's helping all this like big companies, Fortune 500s, like big tech to understand utilization and also transforming themselves because it doesn't make any sense after the pandemic to own such a huge footprint of real estate, but with no one using it. But you cannot improve your space like usage or improve your build-out without analytics or data. So initially, users or the speed companies start with using our sensor to rationalize their like a workplace footprint. So starting with cutting down footprint or making decisions based on data for expansion plans. One of the largest real estate, commercial real estate group actually saved like $5 million per year, just looking at occupancy data to cut down footprint. And very soon after understanding the footprint and also dynamically scale or shrink the footprint to save money, immediately company running to the second phase, which is like hybrid workplace experience, because like you're putting probably two teams into one, traditionally one team space, and then expecting everyone to do time sharing. All of this great tech company, all of this great Fortune 500, they run into the issue that there will be people book a room using booking software, nobody show up, and there will be eight people big conference room. And as a result, you save all this money, you're thinking about, hey, like I save a lot of money, but I maintain this kind of office experience. But 
the reality is exactly the opposite. Everyone is fighting for a meeting room now. <laughs> and then like, it doesn't work anymore. So the second phase immediately is using our sensor, not just to cut down footprint, but also do automations, right? To make the space more efficient. In this way, it closes the loop to create this kind of hybrid workplace experience. And in longer term, of course, like people are aggregating those data for dynamic cleaning, say further on maintenance, right? No point of cleaning the space that's already cleaned up. That is like also a really great ROI. Every 10 restaurants, you save like $20,000 per year. Who are Butler's customers? So in commercial real estate, it's mainly the big owner occupiers in the space, like Fortune 500 companies as well as the third-party integrators that already have devices and also service in those buildings. And then like for senior care, that's a little bit different. In senior care, this is a domain like we are uh, rather early in the exploration. So we're not yet towards the end user, like owner or occupier or operators in senior care. Mostly we're working with uh, integrators and also partners to further develop the use case for not just fault detection and also fault prevention. Who would be some examples of integrators? <laughs> so uh, those are the integrators. They either already have devices in the buildings or they offer end solution to the building operators or owners. Now, you started building Butler back in 2020, just as COVID lockdowns took place. And in fact, your Fifron and Global Accelerator program demo day even went virtual. I'm curious, how did the pandemic affect your business in its early days? Jenny and I probably didn't mention at the very beginning of like how this company's technology developed. Actually, from the very beginning, we we're on this like TV show from CBS, really using our sensor to be able to do all this Automation. When Jenny lay down on the couch, the lights dimmed and also blinds drop. And on that TV show, even the director access to track a puppy. <laughs> so the lights is following the puppy. All this kind of like a little bit of fancy lifestyle kind of use cases. And then like we entered 500 batch the six cohort. And then we started to do product market fit testing. And then with that help, we started to like navigate into retail space and also hotel space. And very luckily, we signed our first contract, like 2019, November. And then this whole entrepreneurial journey is always being like windy. Like in a way, like it feels like you're almost on track, but it's never the case, right? Things always happen. And then like three months later, pandemic hit <laughs> big time, right? And then in the US, I would say back in retail use cases, it's mostly about privacy-friendly Google analytics that's super easy to deploy in the supermarket, in the big box retailer to understand users' interests, right, in this space. But when pandemic hit, who cares about like what customer interest is in brick and mortar retail? <laughs> Nobody's there. <laughs> That's a sort of an obvious point that we definitely need to work on, figure something out to help us out because of like we're back then really relying on that contract to give us revenue to keep the lights on. But also we're about to raise the, the C-Rod or pre-seed right after 500 batch, which the demo day went virtual. <laughs> so it's a, it's a certainly a tough time. So I vividly recall that like we were on an airplane flowing back from like uh, visiting a customer, trying to get our revenue, collect our revenue like that month, but it's definitely not happening. And then after landed, we really lock ourselves in a room, gosh, this, this is not the way 
we should like continue to pursue. This is not the, it definitely doesn't have that product market fit anymore during the pandemic. So we lock ourselves in the room, brainstorming, and then like we really, really banning our face and then think on what can we do for the retailer or for other customer right now. And then suddenly a sparks goes on is that, hey, why not help them to reopen, right? We can do occupancy control because everyone is worried about this maximum occupancy in the stores. So we were literally the first one doing that during March 2020. And then very soon, like we got inbound from Verizon, we deployed every single store in the San Francisco city almost. And then that brought us into the office use case because of we literally also seen that like the data actually <laughs> uh, people are closing down stores based on the data we provided, even though they're using us for occupancy control. Right? And then like very luckily our counterpart Verizon said that our office workplace team is looking for occupancy solution. Why not trying to do that? And then that totally unlocked a huge, vast market that trying to deal with really painful status quo solution that's wired, that's super expensive, that's not privacy friendly. And then like when we launched like officially last year, Q3, the market's reaction just being crazy. That's like um, how we find that like uh, the product market fit in commercial real estate, as well as like um, I would say senior care is also a little bit catalyzed by COVID because of it's super hard for a caretaker to go on site. And now with work from home and office reopenings, how has the demand for workforce planning changed and therefore for Butler? I think we got our first office use case customers during the pandemic. And we thought, okay, maybe only going to last for the pandemic. After pandemic, people would not be using this technology anymore. But the truth is, I think COVID really changed the office hybrid working style permanently. So it's not only during the pandemic, but also after. I think businesses, they started to pay attention to the data, how the space has been used to make leasing decisions, energy saving decisions since pandemic. And even after pandemic, they're still going to be paying attention to those data and make their future decisions. In addition to the challenges during COVID lockdowns, what have been some other challenges you face building Butler? One of the things is definitely operation and also getting our solution to customer's site. But again, we just entered the market since last Q3. And then now we got a bunch of dozens of Fortune 500 and also a lot of fans using our product for a small order from a fan company. It's like two, three thousand sensor to one or two buildings. And then now like the breaking point for our operation team is really customer delight. Right now, customer delight is always, always the biggest thing, but also is about supporting customer in Australia, supporting customer in EU with different time zones and also maintaining the same experience that Butler is the fastest approach. You can get access to any occupancy data in your environment to maintain the same kinds of experience. You do need to have the right team, the right supply chain, the right logistic team to get there on time, as well as by providing the right support. Yeah, let me just add to that question. So I think one of the biggest challenges we're facing right now is operational challenges. If you look at our client, like for each office building, there might be hundreds to thousands of sensors to deploy in each building. And we have 
hundreds of customers having those sized of buildings. So with our current size, 60 people, it's a, I would say it's quite challenging to make the whole thing work and having delivered the product on site and having them work perfectly. So our solution one is working with integrators, like a lot of our customers right now is integrators who has experienced working with their end customer in real estate. Um, the second one, I would say hire the, hire the right people and have them join Butler uh, to do the things we are not, we don't have much experience at before. I think this tool would really help us scale fast and tackle the issues or like challenges in operations. Let me add a little bit to Danny, like customer delight is a core to Butler's offering. And also like a lot of innovations, this company innovate really fast. It's really, really about innovation based on customer feedback. In July, you raised a $20 million Series A round. How do you plan to use it? So what we just mentioned is really scaling the team up, be able to meet the demand, and also keeping what's matter most for us, which is customer delight. That means that the operation, right, operation talents, we just have head of operation joined us from Berkshire Gray. He was a VP there. And also building up the operation team across time zones. And second is that on marketing side, we do find out that a lot of our existing customer are frustrated customer that has been dealt with status quo solution. Do you see our technology itself catalyzing the customers and also market adaptation because of how scalable it is. But also we do think down the line, we should be the one starting to educating the market. So that's why before really most of our like <laughs> great customers are really almost inbound, but like we should like turn it around right now, like proactively doing our own marketing and also mm. make our brand out there. Closing question. How do you both work together and complement each other? Both of us, I would say we are engineer and designers background, but doing a startup, you cannot make it successful with just very limited pull off skills. So both of us, like at the very beginning, just two of us, really, really small team during 2019, we do have to develop other skills <laughs> on top of what we are good at. So I think I turn into more like business focus and also a venture focus to get us the right resources and also applying our innovation to help customers to solve issues and also getting the return of investment for the customers. And Jenny really is, I would say, putting the core of innovation based on customer feedback, applying the resources we got, and then put it into our product and make it the best. Awesome. Hang Hao Johnny, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you subscribe on wherever you're listening to this so you can get notified as soon as new episodes are released. You can listen to this episode on all major podcast streaming platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts, as well as our website, The Global VC, which you can access at 500.co. Until then, you can also stay up to date with 500 Global by following us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all with the handle at 500 Global. That's all for me today. I'll catch you all on a future episode of Rise of the Next by 500 Global. This podcast is intended solely for general informational or educational purposes only.
Under no circumstances should any content provided as part of or any such programs, services, or events be construed as investment, legal, tax, or accounting advice by 500 Startups Management Company, LLC, or any of its affiliates, 500 Global. 500 Global makes no representation as to the accuracy or information in this podcast. And while reasonable steps have been taken to ensure that the information herein is accurate and up-to-date... No liability can be accepted for any such error or omissions, and 500 Global accepts no responsibility for any loss which may arise from reliance on the information in this podcast. Under no circumstances should any information or content in this podcast be considered as an offer to sell or solicitation of interest to purchase any securities advised by 500 Global or any of its affiliates or representatives. Further, no content or information in this podcast is intended as an offer to provide any investment advisory service with regard to securities by 500 Global. Under no circumstances should anything herein be construed as fund marketing materials by prospective investors considering an investment into any 500 Global investment fund. Under no circumstances should any statistics, quotations, or other content be interpreted as testimonials or endorsement of the investment performance of any 500 Global Fund by a prospective investor considering an investment into any 500 Global Fund. This podcast may contain forward-looking statements which involve risks and uncertainties, and actual results may differ materially from any expectations, projections, or predictions made or implied in such forward-looking statements. This podcast includes content delivered by an independent third party that is not related to or controlled by 500 Global. All views and opinions represented in the podcast by such third party are their own views and opinions and do not represent those of 500 Global. 500 Global makes no representations as to or guarantees of specific outcomes from attending or relying on the contents of the podcast.